Welcome to Season 2, Episode 31 of Hometown Glory, your Spurs and Culture podcast. I'm Rosa and I'm joined by Billy as we raise a glass, I'm sorry, as we raise a bottle to our North London neighbours and their valiant yet ultimately utterly fruitless title chase. Unfortunately, we do also have to talk about our North London team. We'll take in the loss at Villa very briefly, the latest twist in our chaotic hunt for a manager and the upcoming double header at the stadium. But don't worry, when it all gets too much, we've got our culture picks for you. So let's get into it. On a scale of one to, oh my God, I can finally sleep peacefully again. Billy, how relieved are you? Yeah, Mr. Ten. Um, it is a shame that you mentioned bottling and uh, there at the beginning because they haven't bottled it. I don't know if you've seen. Um, oh, that's true, that's true. They've, been, yeah, they, they've not bottled it, apparently. Um, you know, I think they need to try and make it even clearer that they've not bottled it. Um, but you know, it's just unbelievable, and it? it's been so good. It was the best thing yesterday that's happened all season, to be honest. And I don't care how small time that is. Um, yeah, I'm absolutely reveling in it, and they've not bottled it apparently. So no, they it. haven't. They haven't. I mean, it's been <laughs> so maddening, hasn't it? I'm like, why is everyone on their side? And I can only, to be honest, my my theory about this is because it's loads of people like even like when even like Barney Rone is saying it's not a bottling is because they want to be on the other side. They want to say something contrary. But as soon as they realize that's what everybody's saying, they'll switch. And eventually, like it will just become. I'm sure people even said nice things about us in like, you know, the Chelsea season. But then after a while, it was just did like, they no, know? they're bottlers. <laughs> Maybe, maybe I'm just trying to pretend. Did they? Probably not. (laughs) Actually, no, they didn't. (laughs) Do you know what's so funny about it? I've been enjoying it so much, like, just, just, you know, having a little glance at Twitter here and there and loads of Arsenal fans being like, oh, you're so jealous and bitter and your team's so shit. This is the only joy you get. I'm like, yes. That's not, you can't, like, you can't, you think you can hurt me like that? You can't. I've been, like, we're ready for this moment. You can't insult Tottenham fans with that. Like, it doesn't work for us. No, this is what, I mean, it has changed over the last, like, 10 years relatively, but this is what we were built up on. This is what we did, <laughs> like, historically. This is what we're built from. It's like the whole Bane thing, man. This is what we we were born in this shit. <laughs> um, yeah, man, this is fucking brilliant. And um, my favourite thing about it is this, it's just, like, revealed the whole fabrication of this connection that they had and this new mm-hmm. this all this all this bollocks about Arteta and the fans and all this shit and like and then they go 2-0 down and they're arguably their biggest game in what like 20 years maybe something like that and um they've all Off gone they all, all go all a total load of bollocks um they didn't have that connection it's just they were um as someone pointed out on twitter they were just winning games and that's it yeah. and that was sort of it was all sort of the mask has slipped of everything about it and it's fucking brilliant and the thing is, all of that would be fine if they just admitted it, you know, if they just gone, yeah, it's really fun, we're winning games. But it all had to be this like, oh, he's given us our Arsenal back. That's not what happened. It's so, just, you've, yeah, you've won a bunch of so, games. It's so fake. There's, the whole thing has been so fake. I mean, this mm-hmm. time last year, there were all, a lot of them were calling to be sacked. Yeah. And, um, and they were sort of pretending that they knew this was going to happen all along when they weren't. They definitely weren't. And um, yeah. oh no, they're so proud. They're, they're so they're, proud yeah. that they like left the stadium. Mm-hmm. 
And that's my favourite thing as well, saying we stuck by Arteta. They, they didn't, though, did they? The fans didn't, anyway. They literally didn't. But, they, you know, they, they were calling for him to be sacked multiple times over the last three years. So, yeah. Yeah, it's just brilliant. I'm, I'm really, really happy. I'm just more than anything, man. I'm so relieved. It's been quite a stressful season, hasn't it? And, uh, you know, yeah. I know we haven't really helped ourselves, but that's just been kind of hanging over us, like a fucking axe above our heads for months and months yeah, and months totally. and months and months. And it would now, have been like historically bad if that had happened because it's just once that once they win that league it's, it's, it's over isn't it like there's no mm-hmm. you can't take that back like it would yeah, just they would always have that on us again um because the, the, the last time they won the league is feel like so long ago now that like they can't really hold it over our head anymore and it was um, banger as well and he was like a generational yeah, exactly. coach and all of that but like it, this dude come on man yeah and if they'd have won it in essentially the way that we wanted to do it and like with young mm. players and everything it would have hurt it would really would have hurt um, and you know what I'm, I'm also pining for now is the fact that they're five points behind um, our 16, 17 points total. I know so if they, if they, they, games, if they don't do it, do man. It. And that might. just that just sums it all up because they spent all time saying you know none of those goals meant anything, none of those games mm-hmm. meant anything because you didn't win the league. And then it would be literally the perfect symmetry that they they didn't even manage to beat our points total of that season. <laughs> this is it. I did see quite a. Like it was from a Chelsea fan, but I, like it did make me laugh because it, you know, it was just a Chelsea fan bragging. And you know, I know we're just never going to speak of that club again because of what's about to happen with them. But they were like, "Oh, Chelsea are the last London team to have won like the Premier League, Champions League, blah blah blah." It's like it's disrespectful to compare us to bums like Arsenal and Tottenham. I was like, "Do you know what? You're not wrong. You're not wrong." Yeah, yeah. But they're in it with again, us. If, they're with us. Yeah. If they'd have if they'd have won it, then we'd be sort of. Uh, Back to a sort of down with West Ham. Yeah. So, yeah, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's so good. It's such a good feeling. Um, so we can, and I think probably when it's all finally done and dusted, I definitely feel like we should dig out some of those tweets and have a really enjoyable rolling in the tweets like we did last season, just to kind of cherish it while we can. Because let's be honest, we're not going to get much other joy out of the season. Actually, to be honest, a nice little surprise that probably is going to happen. Like Leicester getting relegated is also quite nice, isn't it? I feel yeah, like finally, listen, get, finally one, getting rid of them. If there's one thing that Elon Musk has done well with Twitter, it's the bookmark feature. So that has been getting <laughs> rinsed over the last few months. So trust me, that's going to be an iconic one. But that's the only good. That's the only way he hasn't ruined Twitter is this new bookmark mm-hmm. button. So yeah, we've been using the bookmark. We'll take it. Way. Yeah, we've definitely got the bookmarks. Yeah, I mean that's sort of a good. Up. That's like a good. Um, like analogy for the entire season isn't it like elon musk took over twitter but like we got the bookmark feature one small bit of joy <laughs> and we a lot will, of misery we will take it uh should we should we go back to misery i mean is it even really misery we don't really care do we um saturday aston villa two tottenham hospital one i'm gonna confess i didn't see a single minute of this game did you yeah, I uh, well, I I watched it all until two 0 and then I um I turned it off and watched Notts mm-hmm. County in the in the playoffs. That's how bad oh, it got. Nice. And then how 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 I know that it's bad is that when Harry Kane scored to make it two one, I didn't even really turn it on. Yeah, I, um, I didn't turn it on to just watch like the last two or three minutes or whatever just to see. It. I just I honestly I'm just I feel like everyone's feeling that and I know they just we just don't care anymore. It's it's like mm-hmm. gone, it's gone dark. It's gone beyond the point of caring and. Um, yeah, it was not a good watch uh, in any way, shape or form. It was, it was really, really bad. Um, Zero just, shots. Uh, 
like yeah, in the first half, right? And we, I think we were offside like fifty times or something like that. It, was, it must have been a record amount of offsides because mm. it's a really simple thing that they did. They just played a really high line defensively, and obviously our whole thing is sort of primed around Son and Richarlison running past through the line, but they just got it wrong every single time. Literally, it was like it was like watching <laughs> some schoolboys that were trying to sort of learn the offside trap for the first time, and it was um, I think like new cup They got it wrong every single yeah. time. We scored it's two like, offside not, not goals. One of those ones where you where you VR, VAR like the and they get the lines out. It was like miles offside. Mm. It was like embarrassingly offside. Like you don't even need to use a camera to see it. it was, yeah, it's bad. But you know, it is what it is. I, 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 I like last season when we were losing games in the running of the Arsenal thing. When, when we used to lose a game, it used to really like break me in half, and I, yeah. I, I couldn't. I, even I couldn't drawing even games. Work and stuff. Yeah, like that draw. I remember awful. that draw against Brentford. I think Holly had gone to the pub to see it, and I was like, putting... oh, it was the, Eric, the Ericsson return, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I and I was putting the kids yeah. to bed, and they were taking ages to go to sleep, and I knew the game was still happening. And at one point, I just said, "Guys, I've just, I've just got to go and check something." <laughs> and I left them, and I came back, and I was like, "Oh, fuck!" So it was nil nil, wasn't it? And I just like every single drop point really, really hurt, didn't it? And now you're just like, oh. Yeah, I, I'm over it by the full time whistle, and that in yeah. itself is it's not good. It's not a good feeling to have, but no. it's just like the summer summer is where we are at the moment. And I, I do want to say that like, I don't. Um, like, we were totally outclassed and outcoached on the weekend, but I, I don't blame Ryan Mason. It's just you know, he's been dealt a really really bad hand. Um, yeah, and I think that the problem is much much wider than that. And I just think the players just. Well, it's just the same thing that's been happening over the last few weeks. There's nothing really much to analyze other than that. Really, I don't think. I think ultimately you can see it's really, really unfair on Mason because basically he's been given no opportunity to do anything. Like we've said it all along, if he'd even been given the job, you know, if he'd be ideally, if he'd been given it when Conte left, he'd have had a whole international break, some time. We were we were still fighting for Champions League places at that point. So there's something to get a team energized about. And he could have done something. And even after Bournemouth, there was still the chance for like maybe, you know, not Champions League, but at least kind of solid Europa, or at least to just do some work with the team, just to have the opportunity to coach them before the kind of utterly like crushing humiliation of Newcastle. But there's nothing, you can't do anything in this time period. And everybody's so kind of demoralised and unmotivated. You can see like no serious manager wants to come at this point in the season and there's a good reason for it and it's like it's just been dumped on Mason and now it's like well like what what opportunity does he have to prove himself I feel that's the one thing because I do I care more than I probably should and I care more than I would otherwise and it's literally just because of him because I feel like he's been dealt such a bad hand and what was he going to do say no do you know what I mean walk away from and not help the club that he loves and also, there's an opportunity for him to kind of show what he can do. But actually, he can't. Like, he doesn't have a chance. There's nothing. You can't do no, anything at this point in the season with these doesn't. players. You can't. And the, the, the funny thing is the parallels of obviously what Atta Villa did, where they sort of, you know, they were even at sort of at slight risk of being relegated. And obviously, mm. they've got Emery and, at that time. And the difference that he's made is unbelievable. Um, and if we were if we were sort of had that kind of conviction as a, as a football club, maybe we would might be looking at a lot bit the sort of upturn that they've had since they employed him as well. But yeah, I do think it's not it's not fair what Levy's done on Ryan Mason because he should have given him it after Celine, um after Conte immediately. Um and like the, the signs have been there since January, really. Like Conte yeah. was never going to renew. 
Um, he, he wasn't happy in the job. I mean, ev- literally everyone could see that. So if we'd have maybe done it then instead, you know, Ryan Mason's got half a season to do things because you can you you can see the changes that he's trying to make. Yeah. It's just it, like no no manager could come in and do it could do it in in that in that space of time. There's just too much to do. Like, like the best manager so in the world is not going to do it. Yeah. No. They're just so drilled into this sort of defensive um, mm. lull that they've been under for the last two, three years that it's going to take a, it's going to take a lot of coaching to get out of it, and it's it's unfair to shoulder that on Ryan Mason, I think. Um, but you know, I just uh, yeah, and it was unfair because again, he, he's not he, he's in a position where he couldn't say no, obviously. Yeah. Um, he should have been given it a few weeks before, and then he was sort of rejected from that, which I don't I don't think was fair at all. And, um, it's a disgrace. Yeah, just... The more I think about it now, ugh, the more the more angry I get about it. Really, because I just think this, that's how you treat, you know, one of your sort of most kind of dedicated employees. Really, yeah, that's the whole vibe of... that is just really off, basically. It's almost yeah. It's almost using him to sort of just sort of solter through to the rest of the end of the season, mm. um, and sort of exploiting his love for the club and the fans' connection with him. Um, so yeah, no, I, don't, I don't think it's very fair on him at all. And I, I certainly don't blame him for anything that's happening at the moment. Yeah. Um, because it's just it's it's not on him whatsoever. It's it's on the the problem is much much wider than that. I think. It really, really, really is. Um, and I do hope that because I'm I'm pretty sure that he's you know they're not. I don't think they're even considering him, which is also quite insulting. Um, and I think when that happens, when they give the job to somebody else I I really hope that he just leaves and it's like I'm done with this club for a while yeah I I think he he I really I think he's shown enough in the in the few weeks that he's had that there is definitely something there yeah and um I I would love him to go to like championship um do really really well and then maybe come in a few years time because it's yeah, he 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 deserves a proper shot at the uh, a proper shot at it because what he's got at the moment is is not a fair representation of anyone. Yeah. So yeah, he definitely deserves it. And I think if he did sort of go to a championship team, do really well there, you know, sort of similar to what companies doing, what Michael Carrick's doing, then yeah, I'd love to. I would love to. I'm really interested to see that like, with a full preseason at a different club, what sort of manager he actually is. Because yeah, because we don't Tottenham even know kind of how he'd want to play necessarily no, because he's been kind of stuck with the formation. And that contact yeah, one, and, and so you can see that, he's trying to work with it, but it, I don't feel like that's where his heart necessarily lies. And, you, and the, the thing as well that has been a real problem, um, and one of the only positives of the game was that you're for, you've been forced over the last few weeks to play Skip and Hoybier in midfield, which is not particularly exciting midfield, not, and they're both absolutely dead into the ground. <laughs> um, you, I, I, if all the players, I very, I highly doubt that's the kind of midfield he would want to play. Yeah. Um, and you sort of when Basuma came on, it was a, it was that was a big plus. I think that was the only sort of positive to take from the game is that Basuma totally looked like he could just do things that are those two players just can't. And the sort of forward thinking and the creativity we've we're so badly missing in Hoybier and Skip. Um, I mean, this is the thing think... we've been so unlucky, man. The fact that Basuma got injured like immediately after Benton Court yeah. is just like it's so harsh on us and really rough on him as well because that would have been his opportunity. Did he come on for Skip then? Uh, I think he came on for Skip. Yeah, who had mm. a pretty poor game overall. Yeah, uh, might, might, that might be wrong, but he definitely came on um, with about. 20 minutes to go or so and he looked really really good and he was sort of really trying to make things happen and mm. um yeah because I, I just think like skip and hoybia they're they're i think they're, they're too similar a player to work as a partnership they should be sort of the depth for each other rather than you, you need a kind of benton or a basuma alongside them and i think if 
if Myron Mason, that's the thing, he's just been so sort of the cards that he's been dealt, there's not really much else he could do with any of them. So, um, yeah, I think um, I'd love to see if, if he was at a championship club, what kind of formation he would play, the kind of midfield he would set up, because I think he's just, he, he doesn't have much choice in what he's got at the moment. And to be honest, that would be perfect for me because then if because I'm just gonna you know end up becoming a Ryan Mason ultra and kind of following him wherever he goes. And if things remain absolutely chaotic at Tottenham, then that's fine. I'll just have another club. Billy, I really appreciate you sticking with me for like that was like a good five ten minutes of Ryan Mason chat. Thank you. Yeah, Thank well, you so it's much. better than talking about the game because it's just like. Yeah. There's just no, there's no point anymore, is there? There's no, there's nothing to analyze. There's, there's just no. nothing. Everyone is just done. Um, it's just weird. At like that phrase that sort of gets put around like, on the beach. Like we've been on the beach for what feels like six months now. It's just like there's nothing. The beach to play is like for. too nice. That's um, too nice a description. That kind yeah. of is like, oh, you've done something, and so you can have a nice holiday. We've just been like, I don't know just trudging in through jail. the mud <laughs> yeah yeah we're in the mud. We're a not on really the fucking long country walk that doesn't go anywhere um a villa the villa thing's really interesting actually because they're in a really kind of watching a club as a whole be pretty well run and make good decisions like obviously they took a good decision to hire emery and that's all worked and the same with the women's team. They hired a good manager. They bought really sensibly. And they're really like reaping the benefits of sensible decisions. I mean, we'll get into the, we'll, I will talk again about the women's team a bit later. But it's just, I found that really galling as well because it just shows it's not, it's just not that hard. We make everything so hard, don't we? Yeah, like, and it's just such already, a drama all um, the time. Speaking of that, they've already um they've already got a director of fo- new director of football in place this summer as well. Oh, nice. So okay. Cool, in cool, the time cool. that we've had like three managers and one director of football leave, they've hired a decent manager and got a director of football in. So yeah, it's just how it's just the kind of opposite of what we should be doing um, or what we are doing. Sorry, and um yeah, they're definitely one to watch. I think it's just and, and that's what I know what we're going to be talking about today. We just lack so much conviction at the moment. It's just yeah. it's just ridiculous like, in sort of every way you turn. Um, there's just no conviction, there's no leadership or anything. It's just sort of, we're just trying to muddle through and um, we're just desperate for a little bit of leadership. Like just someone make a decision, please, on something. Any decision um, in a way, it doesn't really matter. Just yeah, pick, I'll pick take somebody. anything at this point, yeah. just do something. Yeah, do and you it's believe when you, uh... the reports that are like everybody on the board has got like a different opinion and they're all like chipping in? Yeah, and it, it just... It sounds convincing, it's, doesn't the, the, it? It just sounds so succession. Like it is just when you, I just imagine it exactly being like that. Those board meetings where literally, you know, you've got like the the separate meetings within meetings and then you've got the side groups and all the sort of backstabbing. That's just how I personally, how I imagine it running at the moment. Yeah. And really someone just needs to take a reins of it and just like, I'm going to make the decision here and just do it because um, we were desperate for a little bit of conviction, a little bit of just a bit of leadership. We're so desperate for it. And like you hear these rumors of, um, obviously you have to take all reports of a pinch of salt that sort of maybe leave you might want a Pochettino then some people on the board didn't you know the same all the other way around I've also heard yeah yeah it's just what are we doing like just someone make a decision please because we need to be on the same page and um yeah it's just I what I really really do not want as a repeat of the the last manager search that we went on before for Nuno that would be an absolute nightmare um and we just we're desperate to do something about it hopefully I will say this, um, I don't, I'm not massively confident, I, I wouldn't, you know, I'm not going to say this with my whole chest, but I don't think it's going to be like 
two summers ago. I do, and I do want Tottenham fans to kind of stop having kind of their every move be informed by like previous trauma. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I think like the Leicester win, the Leicester season got so in our heads, man. It was so deep in our heads, so deep in our hearts that when Arsenal started getting up ahead of steam this year, like it, I think it made us all like massively panic collectively as a fan base. And I think we really spiraled and I don't think we helped ourselves. I don't think we helped our own team. This isn't, I'm not calling anybody out specifically or anything, but I just feel like it was the general vibe. And I think if we can just, I'm, I'm sort of getting a slight sense of that kind of same panic because, and it's understandable because we've done it before. So why wouldn't we do it again? We are a ridiculous team that seems to make exactly the same mistakes over and over again. But, you know, surely, surely, like, even if the entire managerial search is fruitless, like, I mean, what will hilariously happen now is like, it'll be completely fruitless. And then, and they'll be like, okay, let's give it to Mason. And he'll have already accepted a job at some championship team. That's totally going to happen actually, isn't it? But what I was going to say is at least we do have Ryan Mason this time. And I feel like if nothing else, we could like, he surely would accept the job. That's not, that's not like the most yeah, proud think... speech I've ever given, given, but do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I actually think it's, it's, it'd be, it's quite difficult to get that badly wrong at the moment because there's some, mm. Some decent candidates around, like slot. Yes. And we'll probably talk about it in a bit. There's Shall we get a, into um, it? Shall we actually just yeah, get, into, get into, it? into it? Because I actually, looking at the list, I feel quite excited. You know, I've had to kind of, you know, do the sort of, um, uh, you know, our guy Barry from Banshees. You know, there goes that dream with Ryan. Um, but there's loads of other cool candidates around. So we, yeah, we mean, made we, we're both pretty comparable, and we both had pretty much our dreams crushed in the last yeah week. how are you um, feeling about Nagelsmann that was pretty bad I felt uh, I felt so I didn't yeah, care I, as you know but I felt sad for everybody I feel really sad about it I feel really bad about it because I do think it's the, it's a, it's a good ticket out of what we're in at the moment I do think mm. it would be the best the kind that we could go for what I don't what I feel really weird about is just the, the whole PR decision which they've come through which is an obvious lie that they're not even interested in him yeah then you know talking of the succession thing like how can you think it's a good idea to release a statement that you're not interested in like the best available manager or what yeah. is, most people would regard the best available manager i just can't believe they obviously they've what has actually happened is he's probably rejected us and they've tried to get ahead of it yeah um or there's just like a little there's details that they couldn't you know like he's like there's yeah exactly. like he wanted a specific director of football and we were not into it well like all of that is completely fine and also he doesn't have to want the tottenham job like he rejected chelsea do you know what I mean? Or they were just, I think they'd I mean, probably I, I think they'd have been better off if they'd have just come out and say it didn't work, it didn't work. Yeah. Out. You know, we, we, because this lie that they're not even going to interview him makes them look worse than if they'd have just yeah. told the truth, in my opinion. That's a bit baffling. Um, but I am I, I am sort of optimistic about some of the other candidates. Like I think Slot, um, the more I read about him and the more I sort of learn about him, um, he sounds like a really exciting candidate. Mm -hmm. Um and I, I know he won the league yesterday, but just I, I didn't I've been sort of reading a little bit there's a couple of articles in the athletic this week about him and there's one I think in the Guardian um, or the there was Telegraph a Telegraph one, one. Telegraph um, yeah, which made me suspicious really because ridiculous. it was written by Jason Burt and I was like is he just kind of feeding us lies um, because he hates us but it makes him sound very cool I have to say yeah it does like, and I pressing all over now. the pitch man like imagine yeah, and I didn't realize that he was like a uh he's basically a, a, a disciple of Guardiola and I just mm. feel like 
at the moment, if, if you're not doing that, then you're nowhere. Because if you look at all the best teams like Arteta, sadly, you know, your company, your De Zerbi, your Guardiola himself, obviously, you, Chavi just won the league yesterday. This is where football's at now. And we haven't we haven't really ever had that kind of football at Tottenham. Um, Pochettino was his own sort of thing of like, the sort of he had his own kind of style of like pressing and played terrific football. But we've never had like a Guardiola type manager at, at Tottenham, like the sort of the, the Guardiola influence football. Um, so I'd be really interested to see what it would be like at Tottenham because I just feel like now that's what everyone's doing now. It's just, it's just, it's just got to be the way forward. I mean, yesterday I watched Brighton Arsenal and Brighton were absolutely insane. Like they were unbelievable. Arsenal, good. I know. I mean, I know Arsenal were, you know, like exhausted and they they've just completely run out of steam, obviously, but they couldn't get the ball off Brighton. No, and this is Brighton this is, who like had I'm, lost at home. Yeah, is it six six one was it they lost five at, one against Everton. Yeah, five one against Everton, and then to go to the Emirates when in a must win game for Arsenal and mm. dominate possession is 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 unheard of really. And I just that you know the game has moved on so much in the last five ten years, and we're sort of left. But we've been playing this sort of counter attacking football for the last three four years. It's, it's the game's moved on. Yeah. You know, we need. I would love a modern coach at Tottenham, and I feel like Scott, of, of all the ones that are available, is the best one to fit that. Um, and uh, and I also, I'm, I know I'm not I'm from speaking to the to the guys that um, it's not particularly popular choice. But I, I wouldn't be too adverse with the Celtic manager either. I think he's a sort of similar philosophy and sort of similar similar approach. And when he talks, he's got a great sort of interview style with him. He's very sort of honest and seems like the, a guy that you'd like to go down the pub with. So I'm not really too. I mean, they can't mess this up. There's so many good candidates around. Surely. This is it. I think but even if they're everybody sort of looks work, well, good. In... Yeah, but I say that, but then there's always there's the creeping doubt of like Brendan Rogers in there, <laughs> and like that's that's the one. But I don't think they would do that though. But of the ones of the ones we've got available, like Slot, um, the, the rumored top four are Slot, um, Deserby. Deserby. See, Deserby. I would obviously absolutely that would be my. Would you go? Is Deserby your point. your number one? Yeah, he is, but I just I don't I don't see it as being realistic at the moment. I feel like I feel like he's lit at the way that, the job that he's doing at Brighton at the moment. Mm. I feel like he's almost sort of he could he could go about anywhere he wants to. But at the same time, you know, we're Tottenham Hotspur. We could be paying managers a lot of money. He's got, and it also doesn't matter if you screw up because yeah, it's exactly. Tottenham. Like you'll never be blamed for it. It will always be our fault. So. And that's what I said to Charlie about Julian Nagelsmann, which is why I think he was interested in the first place. Because if you mm. if you take over at Tottenham, there's there's no pressure. But if you mess up, you're not going to be the one. You know, as, as we much know about Conte and Mourinho, that who are both constantly getting repeated on Twitter as being, you know, they've told us this the whole time um, about them. That you know, that it's not it's no sort of knock on their resume whatsoever. It's yeah. just it, it all comes down to Tottenham. So yeah, I would the, the thing that I would I think I would say about it is we we can certainly put a lot of money in front of him um like we did with Conte I mean Conte was on what 15 million a year or something Conte was like the best paid team. manager in the league he was we paid him more than you, like Guardiola yeah if you offered that to deserve it then hopefully he might turn around and come but um I, I'd certainly love him or him or slot at the moment my, my two choices definitely yeah, I think I think so I mean my only thing with deserve is that it's the whole sort of like Brian is such a well-run club yeah, that yeah. I don't know how much people. I think you really need a specific person who can thrive in chaos. And I don't know if he, you know, if he kept like fine. I'm well up for that. He seems like a sort of com- like a combustible Italian. You know, I love those types anyway, so that's fine. 
um, and they and they do play great, great, great football. Um, My other just, worry is, though, I just sort of, I just sort of, can you actually imagine our players playing that kind of football? It's just like some of the some of the stuff that we see from these players at the moment. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I what, mean, like, how quickly mean. would it be before we'd got the like? There's like dressing room leaks of like, oh, the players are really tired of training. Yeah. I mean, my only, actually, my only worry with, that's my only worry with Slot, to be honest, is kind of like mental high pressing. Like he expects it from every single player, right? And they have to go yeah, like, and I was reading toe about to his toe. Sort of and it's like, is is Kane actually going to, like, he would want to do it. It's not like a, like, that would be a proper, like, you know, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak situation. With I him. I I reading, just, I'm not sure he could do it anymore. And I think in that Telegraph interview, um, uh, article, it mentioned that he has that very detailed training things where he's sort mm. of like, goes through videos and videos and videos of you and, and all this, which obviously is great, but I can just imagine our players straight away leaking straight away saying um, yeah. that Tottenham players are not into the training. This is, is exactly the kind of thing yeah. which we need, but we just don't seem to get on board. With but so you yet. know I, what? I, I, then we have to implement my plan, which is as soon as the leaks start coming out, you find out who it is and you bin them off immediately, right? And you have to say, the guy that we've got is the guy that you are stuck with now. And he, we're not sacking him. It's... Like, if there's a problem, you have to leave, ultimately. And I, I think if I, I'm, I think the same article mentions that were, like, fine old sold the best player last summer. And yeah. he still, they bought, um, they bought, like, four really cheap players as a result. And um, they've just absolutely smashed the league. They've absolutely walked it and playing ridiculous football. So, yeah. And the thing about, I get about Arnest Lot is he's, he doesn't seem like the kind of character um, that we're sort of, you know, where Tottenham would be below his station. He seems like he would actually come to us and actually want to stay with the, the problem I might have with Deserbi is if he does well again, like he, he'll he's be looking sort up. Of seems like he's, yeah, he's looking yeah. up. Whereas Slot, I think, would sort of love to be here. Um, it would be an honor for him, um, from what, from what it sounds like anyway. So, yeah. That's, and we so do I, want I that, thought... don't we, man? We want to find, I know I was all a couple of weeks ago, I was like, I'm done. Don't talk to me about pride or any of that shit ever again. I don't want to feel a connection. Just come in, do a job and, you know, leave me alone. But like, I do want it, man. I do want to feel like we've got a guy who wants to be here. Yeah, and I feel, I feel like I'm so desperate for connection at the moment. Mm. I was, I the Nagelsmann news hit me really, really hard. Yeah. But like a couple of days later, I was looking at a few YouTube videos of Feyenoord and like, all right, yeah. this, this is the next one. <laughs> but I actually, to, to be honest, if, this is it. We just want to feel alive again, man. But I also think, even looking at it, like what's really the difference between Slot and Nagelsmann actually in terms of like what they've achieved? I think they've been coaching for about the same amount of time. And... Well, so I was, I would probably wager that winning the league with Feyenoord is probably better than anything that well, Nagelsmann yeah. has on his CV because it's it's a title with a team that has. I mean, they are proper. One, they are bums, one league that in hundred yeah. years in the, this century. It's their first league win this century or something like that. Is it? Oh my Whereas, god, they're you know, he won, They're us. He won. A, yeah, they are because he, that league is just full of PSV and Ajax the whole time, and um, obviously Nagelsmann won the league with Bayern Munich. But I mean, yeah, I mean that's like, like Potts that, winning so. the league with PSG. Like, who cares? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I'm really into Arnie Slot at the moment. Actually, I've sort of really turned on him. Yeah, so that's definitely my number one choice. Um, okay, so slot Deserby, you're sort of like yeah, either either would make you happy. With, but yeah. I, just, I can't see it happening to be honest. So yeah, I'm really up for slot. Um, the other guys, there's um, Amarim, the Lisbon. Yeah. Is he still being mentioned? I like him because he's yeah, quite yeah, dashing. I think so. 
But yeah, he, I, saw, I saw literally just a picture of him wearing Air Force Times, and I'm like, I'm in. Sold. I'm sold. <laughs> That's fine. I'll take it. But I think he sort of plays a different kind of brand of football. He's, I think they're sort of more similar to what we are currently with mm. like wing backs, obviously. And, um, but wing backs actually in the, the attacking formation. Like, yes, yeah, slightly yeah. more attacking than what we've been used to. Back five, whereas Slot is more of a back four person at the moment, mm. but who knows if that might change? He might sort of see what we've got and think, I need to play a back five. And yeah. obviously, the good thing about uh Amarim would be he's already played a Poro, so that'd be yes. a bit of a plus. And he's just a, he's got like a, a half sleeve tattoo as well, so I'm, yeah, I'm in. Has I'm he? So he basically just fits right in <laughs> with the players. <laughs> yeah, he's a very good-looking guy. So yeah, I feel like that. I feel like most of them I could talk. Yeah, like maybe I don't know if I could talk myself into Thomas Frank. Yes, because uh, a few reports today coming out about Thomas Frank. And I don't know mm. if it's because we're so heavily linked to the Brentford director, but it yeah. doesn't, doesn't move me because one, I think he's doing an, an incredible job at a really specific situation where, like, yeah. his whole sort of club have gone we're just going to buy everyone danish and it's like the danish lands and they've done a brilliant job of that yeah and i'm and over that, i'm over all... the danes as you know now so. yeah <laughs> exactly we all are at the moment <laughs> I, think, after this week. Um, I just don't think that the, the, the football Brentford player is not really that exciting either so i don't really see the merits of that um i just feel like he's one of those ones who's in the perfect job and should just stay at brentford forever because yeah. it's obviously where he's supposed like to be he's their guy like him. that's fine they yeah, all love it he's their guy Lewis and they've like built the whole club around him. Right. So why yeah. would you leave? Like sometimes that's fine. It's fine to just like be at a place yeah. where you're loved and you can do great things. Like that's okay. It doesn't always have to be fucking moving up or down the food chain. Um, yeah. And also he just looks a bit weird, doesn't he? So that's a, that's a no from me. Lewis Enrique, after Charlie discussed how kind of petty he was the other week, I was quite persuaded um yeah, yeah. i mean I, I'm, again it's like possession football it'd yeah. be pretty attacking football um again you have to kind of worry because he's used to sort of managing like super clubs and whatever yeah. um how sort of well he would get on with daniel levy but and the ownership or whatever but who knows but yeah, that's just not you know who knows be man. If he turned up yeah yeah i don't think i would either I definitely i wouldn't be disappointed um there's certainly a you know good football big name and another big factor, which obviously he scored again at the weekend, is sort of everything about Harry Kane. Maybe sort of Luis Enrique is probably the biggest name that we've mentioned mm. there, and it's probably a sort of way that he might think, "Oh, do you know what? I'll stick around for another year again," because yeah. at least it's sort of you know, Messi said he's the be- the second best coach he's ever had on the Guardi- other than Guardiola. So that's definitely something there for sure. That's certainly not a name that we can really be. T- and then up, I don't think. No, this is it, man. We can't be. I mean, I'm like saying, no, thank you, Thomas Frank. But like, honestly, could, can we yeah. really? We, like, there's basically only there's really. OK, so I'm just going to go down. There's um, is it? It's Postacoglu, right? Uh, the Celtic guy. We're like, fine. He said whatever. Um, people would be sort of spinning out about it. But I'm sure he could do a job. Glasner, don't know. Xabi Alonso, you know, obviously, I have no idea about the kind of football his teams play, but he's a very intelligent, handsome man, and I welcome those at Tottenham. Um, the only person I simply could not, I just can't, man, I'll never be able to sort myself into this, is Brendan Rodgers. It can't be done. I think I just have to be like, yeah, see ya. I think that's the only one for me as well, because he's just like, he's, he he obviously doesn't like Tottenham. It would it would yeah. only be for the money. He's, he's constantly... Yeah. 
in the in the press since the Liverpool days, been berating Tottenham at every given opportunity. So if it comes, he'll just be like, he's the only reason he's doing it is because he's just landed another Premier League job and from being sacked from a Leicester team who could be relegated. So yeah, I really would not like that one. Um, yeah. No, that's that's the only of the of the list. That's why I'm a little bit optimistic because the wor- I think the worst case scenario. And I don't mean this as any as any disrespect is that we end up with Ryan Mason, which I actually think would I'd be well on board for that if the if that's the worst thing that can happen. Yeah. So I don't think I don't think we'll get Rogers. Uh, I don't think we'll get Rogers. I don't think Levy would do that at this point. So if I were, Surely, uh, man. use the the worst case as in it's like the last name on the list for what sounds like the last name on the list for the club anyway. If that's our base low, then it's not that bad really. Is it? Yeah. I'll, I'd be really happy to give Mason just a go, just because if that's it's just something to get behind, isn't it, for sure? I mean, that's that's it, right? If we just feel like we just want to watch... I mean, ultimately, it's it's about what you want for the next, you know, year or two, right? And I just feel like I would like everybody to witness some nice football and to feel like they have a connection to the club again. And I'm not really expecting anything more. I've sort of given up on kind of chasing other stuff because it's been so toxic. Let's just... I just want to feel good again. And just a manager who doesn't like slag us off like literally yeah. all the time will be will be that'll be better than this season anyone know because we've had every press conference saying now you know <laughs> how can we compete with AC Milan and who just got thrashed by Inter Milan funnily enough by the way um, so yeah it's just I'm just I just want someone who actually wants to be here because um, you know what I found really weird in the last few three or four years is Nuno got the job and he instantly hated being there it's yeah. like this is for for him to hate the job. And he, it was a miracle that he got it in the first place. Like, come on, man. Can we just have someone who actually wants to be managing our football club? Because it's a massive, massive job in England. Whether we sort of, I know we sort of do monger ourselves into sort of, you know, the self-deprecation stuff, but it's incredibly high paid and it's incredibly high standard as a job for England in England. So come on, let's just get someone who actually wants to do it. Right, so the general consensus seems to be, and I know there are a few dissenting voices on this actually, but the general consensus seems to be that none of this is really going to work unless we have like a proper director of football. And because it's Tottenham, obviously we've given us loads of work. We've given ourselves loads of work to do because our previous director of football turned out to be a crook. So... It's a shame that Charlie's not here because he is the person who seems to know the most about this and, in fact, sent me a very helpful list of all our director of football candidates, um, which seem to be, so, in order, Tiago Pinto from Roma, Lee Dykes at Brentford, Marcus Kroescher, Eintracht, Javier Ribalta from Marseille, Johannes Spores, obviously my personal choice, because then we can just say, come on, you Spores. Rui Pedro Brass at Benfica. And just today, right, Tim Stiton from Leverkusen. I I don't know, are those well-run clubs? Do we feel, does anybody have, do you have like a good vibe about any of those people? Do we think any of them would fit? I feel like, Ultimately, what I always wanted to do was just to steal everybody from Brighton. But if we can't, like Brentford are a really well-run club, could like that yeah. seems like a like that seems like a very straightforward win, without just being too much yeah, like I oh so. I don't care about other things. It's just like this is a league they know already. 
Yeah, I think so. And I think um I think the encouraging thing for me is a lot of those are sort of like modern and I just feel like it's one of those things where if you can't beat them you have to jo- you have to join them like the sort yeah. of the data obsessed like money ball type people which is um I think the direction we need to go down to be honest because I think like Paratashi was the sort of old all school. about getting you know using your old school relationships with other clubs to get it mm. plays on the cheap and this this and that and um I think we need to sort of go, take the modern approach of just having stats 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 scouting 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 um I I just saw in the Guardian today they've said um just literally just now actually that the top three of those that you listed are Lee Dyke the Brentford guy the Tim Steiten and that, that's the only one that they mentioned that those are those are the two of the top three they don't say who the third person is actually okay um <clears throat> and I I don't I don't to be honest I'd never even heard of Steiten until today but um you know it's not something that I'm, I'm around it's not something I don't I'm know who any of these about. people are man I just I don't the only thing about it is is he's also linked with Liverpool and he was heavily linked with Chelsea as well which I personally take that as a good sign because if, yeah if, if those clubs are being linked with him, he must have some kind of good reputation. Um, and I just, I know that Leverkusen have got a lot of really decent young players lately over the last few years. Yeah. Um, so that'd be good. I don't, I do, obviously, I don't really, I think the Brentford guy is quite fairly new to Brentford, even, isn't he? He only took it last summer. Um, right. So he was it might sort of not be. Doing a different role. He was doing a different role at Brentford and then he took, took stepped up. Um, last summer, I think he was three years, he was like the head of recruitment or something. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I, I think that would definitely be an interesting one as well because they seem to um they're a very data driven football club as well. And I just I really do feel like that's the way we need to go because, you know, we're not it's not like we don't spend money now at the moment. We just don't spend it well. And I just think we have yeah. to be really, really smart about the football decisions that we make because it, if you could summarize the last three or four years, it's just been bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. So let's just sort of use some logic and some sort of Let's make it so hard to fail that you sort of have to, you know, use what we've got to get the best out of the money. So yeah, hard to fail, but we can do it. Challenge accepted. Bill. Yes, <laughs> challenge accepted. <laughs> the one I'm not particularly interested in is this, um, the Roma one, Pinto, because I know they've sort of, you know, they've been. I mean, they hired Jose. Uh, we've done that already. Too, so yeah, it just reminds me too much of Paratici. Like they used to support like Dybala and like Matic and people like that. And it's just, mm. I know that has a lot to do with the fact that the Mourinho is their manager. But it just doesn't strike me as someone who sort of, I don't, I don't, I could well be wrong on that. I don't really know loads about Roma and the I sort mean, of players that they you bought, could argue that he's buying players for his manager, which yeah. would also yeah. be nice know, wherever, to see. And wherever Mourinho goes, he's going to try and take match with him. I know he tried to do it with us as well, didn't mm. he? So, yeah, I think you, know, you can't. You know, it's hard to judge, but I don't. It's not a name that sort of massively excites me. Um, but I, from what I gather. I'm just doing a bit of reading now about this 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 Steiten guy. He sounds pretty well regarded, and mm. I, you know, very nearly went to Chelsea, who you know were definitely looking at sort of taking the top DOFs in, in Europe. So hopefully, it's a, it's a good sign anyway. But yeah, according to um, the Guardian just now, that Steiten and Lee Dykes are the two two of the top three. Okay, I mean, I hear what you're saying about the sort of the data driven kind of money ball. Vibes. I don't actually. I think Paratici like did a decent job. I mean, kind of criminal activity yeah, aside, I actually think yeah, like right. some of our players obviously don't didn't work for Conte, and that was just about buying players that the manager didn't want. But actually, I don't think any of the players he bought were bad. I guess did he buy Rodon? 
can't remember. No, no didn't, that was the Jose. No, that was the Jose um, era. Yeah, I feel like everybody who thought sort of, uh, I feel excited about kind of Barnett thing. Yeah, yeah. And I think the, the problem is with that is that we didn't have a manager who's going to play those players. So it was the, that was a sort of the yeah, mishmash exactly. of the system didn't work. But if you look at those players, if you look at that kind of player that Barassi bought, like um, Saar and Gear, you know, these are players that I think would do really well under a different manager than Conte. Um, so, and then what kind of muddy was the fact that Conte is just not going to play those guys. So the, the, the biggest point for me of, of all of this is that we have to get a director of football and a manager who are going to work together. Like That's yeah. where we went wrong. And I thought we had that with Parasici and Conte because they worked together before. But if you actually look at it over the, the two years that they were there, a lot of the players that Parasici bought, Conte just didn't really fancy. Yeah. So there wasn't that sort of synergy. And that's the, the, the big thing is that we need is the synergy between these guys working together. Yeah. So I would like to, to imagine that the director of football will come first because no point hiring a manager and then getting a director of football after if you don't sort of work together and aren't sort of in sync. So I would well, hope that... although you'd have to hope that people can be grown-ups, do you know? I mean, it kind yeah, of, I think it, I I think it really depends. They're, both kind of... they're like profile of the manager that we're after, since we're not doing the kind of Conte thing anymore. Um, you would surely hope that it's someone who is able to kind of be more flexible and work yeah. with someone rather than saying I need to have it all my own way because I think they're like that's obviously not what we're doing and that may be you know be part of the reason the kind of Nagelsmann thing didn't work out because he was like actually this is what I want and they were just they didn't want to do that anymore which you know you could argue maybe they should have done maybe they should just say okay well can you you know we'll get you the guys that you want or whatever but they obviously don't want to do that but what they do want is people who can work together as for the whole club which doesn't which doesn't seem crazy to me and I feel like the kind of profile of the guys that are on the list I don't know I just maybe I'm just making excuses because I don't know which one's going to come first and I just think it'll just be whoever like agrees yeah, first, whichever, you know I mean? whichever way around it is they have you have to have hope they've paired them together because they can yeah. work together and not they're sort of just hoping that they will and they sort of throw them in together they, you you'd hope that both decisions are being made with mind of both jobs working together and sort of having that synergy because lord knows that's what we need at the moment is everybody working together and i know and and the thing which does give me some kind of hope is scott Mann has seen how this runs at the city group and like mm-hmm. that is i know obviously you have to take into account that Financially, it's a completely different ball game to anything that has ever existed in football. But they are amazing at the synergy and getting everything working in a sort of machine-like way. So hopefully, he can be the one to say, "Look, we need to get a manager, a director of football, and this is what we're going to do, and let's just stick with it for a few years." Because, yeah, as we said at the beginning, we just need some conviction, man. We just need a little bit of leadership to take us to that next step because it's just been so muddled for the last three or four years. I just, just want everyone coming together. You know, it's like a good rom com. You, you know, you could have a really good script or whatever, but if your, you know, if your leads do not have chemistry, this is not going to work. So that's what exactly, we need: yeah. commitment. Exactly. We, we need, need chemistry. chemistry. Yeah. Um. I mean, what do we feel like? Because Scott Munn doesn't start work until June officially, right? But you'd have to think he's, you know. Yeah, because there's obviously that picture of him with, with Daniel Levy at the at the airport. So I, I <laughs> yeah. get the impression that he's definitely <laughs> working already. To be honest. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's that's what we need. And ultimately, if we can, I feel like I will be okay as long as most of this is sorted by the end of June. Right? That feels realistic. Yeah. Whenever 
whenever I can't when there's whenever preseason starts and like yeah. The thing is, we actually got it right last year. We we did have all of our transfer business know, man. Before, so, but... before preseason, but it still went wrong. So who knows? It's, maybe it's not a good measure. But yeah, I just hope that they they're sort of getting it in place now. If it is going to be slot, I mean, the fact that you just won the league yesterday, surely sort of you'd imagine that now that's done, you can start talking to him because I imagine he wouldn't talk to anyone yeah. while they were still in that title race. But now that's finished. Um, you'd imagine that he can start talking to other clubs now. So. Yeah. If, if it is that, then I hope that moves pretty quickly. I would, so, do you know what? I would really like, yeah, I would really like us to announce it before the end of the season because I really do think the fans need a lift. Like, I'm not yeah, really too bothered agreed. about the sort of the functionality of it, but I, I just think we need a massive lift going into the end of end of ne- the beginning of next season. Otherwise, we're just going to have that sort of anxiety. And I think when you we were talking earlier about the, the sort of fan anxiety, obviously. Another huge part of it is what's happening at Chelsea as well. That is not going to play well on the fan base. And you're yeah. almost certainly about to announce, you know, the unforgivable. But that's another factor as well. So I, I do feel like we need to act quickly. Otherwise, this is going to be the the fan anxiety is going to be even higher than it's already record levels that it is at the moment. I mean, I've slightly kind of, I mean, I'm not really over it, am I? And I probably never will be. But I do feel so much better after we did like our great sort of betrayal pod and then the other day that um the whatsapp group that you and i are in and we all made our like betrayal playlist like it was extremely cathartic like whoever is listening i strongly recommend like when this news comes out or if you haven't done it already like put together like a playlist of all your most like sad heartbreaking songs and then just and listen to it and then just put it away don't look back like that's yeah that's, that's how i feel to be honest I'm definitely past the anger stage now and yeah. just support the hope that he loses every single game. E- exactly. I'm also, like, I'm Nothing. actually ready. And I was genuinely thinking about this the other day. I'm ready to, like, you know, go go to that fixture and yeah. be angry, yeah. man. I'm up. I'm actually, Let's like, I'm up for it. Yeah. Sneak some lemons yeah, not, in and I'm chuck not, them on the pitch. Yeah. Yeah. And um, impenetrable snakes and all exactly exactly listen we know how to do this we all we know how to live in this moment if nothing else um talking about the end of the season are you coming next weekend to the brentford reading doubleheader yep i am going yeah i'm definitely going to that looking forward to it um yeah it's weird it's kind of like a weird end of season type doesn't feel like a you know, usually that game is a kind of celebration. Well, even if you have a sort of mixed season, it's kind of a celebration and you sort of look forward to having some kind of, it's normally like a party atmosphere, isn't it? But I don't think it's, it's going to be slightly different next next weekend. But yeah, yeah I'm, I wonder I what am the vibe is going to be, man, because even if we win, it'll be a bit... Uh, um... I mean, Do you know what I love that they've uh, they've played the Harry Kane card, haven't they? And they've made a oh mural God, the to mural. him. I I like to imagine they basically thought of that this week, just say, how can we actually get fans positive yeah. before before our last game of the season? Let's just <laughs> take a fucking massive picture of Harry Kane. That'll do it. And it do you will. know what? That, that does it for do me. It. To be honest, it absolutely works. Like yeah. we are that basic. It's totally fine. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like it's... Card. We'll take it every time. Me. I feel like it's made yeah. some people nervous though that this is like a goodbye without being official but i don't think he's going to leave this summer yeah it's like one of the and we've talked about I this don't know, it feels like a sort of desperate attempt to keep him doesn't it it's like yeah. this because levy's mentioned Listen, we, before, we do it? what we have to do we're literally going to paint like... you on a building <laughs> so you can't go now i can immortalize you whether you like it or not listen we do what we've got to do um 
yeah, Brentford, that will be, I mean, like, whatever's like, we, I sort of feel like we're going to win just because it's at home, like, for literally no other reason. Yeah. They don't really have anything to play for. And as we, as we mentioned earlier, they are, they are the epitome of on the beach yeah. and they deserve to be on, they actually deserve yeah. the beach. Yeah. Like us. They deserve, they, Put your feet you know, up, lads. Yeah. Had a great season beyond their wildest expectations, probably mm. that they won in a relegation battle at all yeah. for any of it. And um, yeah, have a have the weekend off, guys, because we need some kind of please to cling on to it. Just let us have this, and also we really need it because I do, I really need there to be like a positive vibe for the women's game. And actually, I think I'm relatively hopeful about the kind of the whole thing now because it seems like the planning is not completely disorganized and chaotic so the whole thing of like they're going to open up like the south basically all the lower tier and and the south stand right and it's all going to like after the men's like an hour after the men's game finishes I think then everyone can just move to wherever and there will be and like they've obviously kind of run the numbers and loads of people will leave for sure um unless it's like a really glorious day um but even then because it's such an early kickoff and then the women's game will finish really late and everyone's got kind of miles to go before they sleep. But I think, I feel like that will be fine. I feel like there'll be, you know, it's not going to be a kind of stampede in any way. And even if there are some sort of, you know, surly pissed up blokes, it's probably not going to, like, by that point, they'll probably all have gone. I just hope there's enough people kind of sticking around because it's pretty critical. I feel relatively optimistic about it all, though. I feel like we're going to be okay. I think actually... so too, because I, I feel like people, you know, especially at the end of the season, like sort of people just like drinking in Tottenham. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, man. it's like the last chance to be with your mates in Tottenham. Yeah. Um, and like the whole like good, South Stand bit's going to be open outside, isn't it? Yeah. That's really lovely. I think I, I hope people do stick around for it because yeah. it's just, you know, I, I, what I'm a little bit worried about, obviously, you know more about this than me, is that maybe. The communication of the fact that this is a massive, massive game for the women might not be. Yeah. You know, I, I think they could have done a better job of it explaining how important this game actually is. That it's there's yeah. a, a chance that we could be rele well, we could be relegated because it's like a sort of almost a relegation six point account. It is. I don't it absolutely know if maybe, is. Yeah. Maybe if I don't know if the av the average person that is sort of staying there will be aware of that, and that, that might you know it might cause fans to sort of get behind them a bit more if they did know that a bit more. You know, I mean, they've got a week. They've got a week to really push it, I think. And I really hope they do because I think people do need to know because it could actually make such a lot of difference, you know. And I think if people sort of knew as well that this is not just like we are really struggling and, you know, this is a kind of scary relegation battle, like it's fucking serious. But it's also, we do have at least like one like proper, proper class player that will be worth your time coming to see do you know what I mean who also could potentially be playing at the World Cup this summer so it's not like you know nothing really it's not just like kind of I don't know I mean I who knows actually, like, I'm... I, um, I think it'll be I think a lot of the you know, last game of the season, you you see a lot of families there. Yeah. Um, a lot of people sort of use it as their first time to take the kids and things like that because it's the last game, and you sort of get a lot of the families staying behind for the the uh, the lap of honour. Yeah, I um, love that man. I love honor, that honour in inverted honour in inverted commas <laughs> yeah. there, for sure. But um, yeah, but yeah, I think I think a lot of people stick around, and the good thing is like people just after games, especially when we win, people like 
drinking in the stadium, don't they? And they stay in the stadium for hours. And yeah. um, so I, I just think there's going to be, I really hope there'll be a lot of people there. Yeah. I mean, I've been allowed out for the whole day, basically. Ollie very kindly said I could. So um, I'm quite, I'm quite thrilled about that. So I'm, um, yeah, hopefully loads of people or just, just enough. We just need enough and it will be fine. I actually, I'm going to ask you a prediction for our last, this is it, um, a prediction for both. And I will preface this with saying Tottenham women are not very good. Reading women are like very, very bad. So that should help you. So what do you reckon? I think they're both going to be in synergy of having an incredible striker save mm-hmm. the day. I think they're both going to be one nil Harry Kane, Beth England. Yeah, I love that. England I love level. that. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. Yep. I'm with you. I think, yeah, I was going to say, I was going to go for a really boring like 2 1, but actually, no, 1 0, 1 0. That, that would be lovely. And also, there's just something very satisfying about like a clean sheet, isn't there, at the end of the season where you're just like. Yeah, and talk, I'm it. not. I'm, I'm not really going into this game thinking it's going to be Harry Kane's last game at White Hart Lane. Either. I just, I no, think we can't. We I can't, think, man. He, I think if he was going to do that, he wouldn't. He would make. He would make it known before Saturday that this is his last game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's just been no. Rather than doing these interviews where he's kind of basically saying he wants to be, he wants to win the Europa League next year, um, yeah. the Europa Conference League next year. I think he would know that it would be his chance to say goodbye and. Um, I think we'd have known about. I think there'd have been more like concrete transfer rumors that he was going this year. So I think yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to this game thinking that it's the last chance we ever get to see Harry Kane. So I think yeah. they'll both score. Once again, we're not going to take past trauma into a game with us. We're just going to act like everything's going to be okay, and it will help us. I am totally sure. <laughs> okay, let's get into culture. Um, what have you got for me this week? I'm actually going to have to repeat myself from last week because I've watched more Colin from accounts and it's got. Oh, a lot I've got to get into it. I've got to get into it's it. Just, yeah, man. I know that. Um, I know Tom and Charlie have both been watching it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because the last time I was on, I only watched the first episode. Now I've seen four of them, and it just gets better and better and better. And uh, and you spoke about chemistry earlier, like the the chem- Obviously, they are actually husband and wife. In, in oh, are life. they? Um, oh, okay. Yeah, they, and they wrote it together and they star in it together, and it's just, um, but. The chemistry that they have is unbelievably good, and it's like the yeah, it's such a feel good show, it's such a funny show. And I know that we've been talking a lot about Ted Lasso lately. Mm. Um, I've I've kind of gone off it a little bit just because it's kind of lost the laughs. I don't really laugh at it anymore as much as I used to at the beginning. I think it's yeah. kind of um, it's taken some really interesting choices in the sort of the storylines that it's promoting, and I don't hold that against it at all. But it's just not funny anymore, and I think um coming from accounts it is like proper laugh out loud funny consistently so yeah i would highly highly recommend it to anyone um and i look forward to seeing what tom and charlie think about it next time that they're on yeah and i will try to watch at least one episode of it by then um i know also, man ted lasso ted has been really is like 54 minutes as well Too and long. like 55 minute episodes yeah. whereas Calling from accounts is like 24 minutes. It's like bang. You can watch like three in, in a night. This is that classic thing though, isn't it? Because you look at Ted Lasso and you're like, 55 minutes, I'm, I don't have time for that. And then you could watch like four Calling from accounts all in one go. Um, all up anyway. What about you? Um, I have not, just, I've just not really been watching anything except Yellow Jackets and Succession. So I really need like a light hearted lift. I haven't, I just... Ollie and I watched like the first two episodes of this season's Ted Lasso, and again, I was like, "Yeah, I was like, this isn't, 
this just isn't making me laugh. And and then the episodes are too long. So I was like, I'll get back round to it because I feel like I, I do want to finish it. Um, but I just, I don't know when that's going to happen. Um, and we've only got like two more episodes left of Succession, right? Is that all? Two yeah, or three? And I just, I feel like, I feel like it'd be one of those things that will be more talked about when it's over, but it's yeah. just, they have not the beat of this final no, season, no. have they? Like it's, you're just seeing like a victory lap of one of the best, what is it going to be known as one of the greatest shows of all time? And like, yeah. it's, you know, I think it would be easier to, to digest once it's completely over, but I'm just so impressed with how good it's been. Like last, the one last week with the, the balcony scene was yeah. exceptional, exceptional TV. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard the one today is, is another really, really good episode. You know, it happens so often, especially with American TV, that the final season like bolts us to the finish line, but it's just not happened at all in succession. It's just, you kind of hoped they would stick the landing in it. And, and now, like, you don't have any worries, do you? You just think this is no, going to be it's going to really be absolutely don't. fine. One of the things I've I found really interesting actually, because watching season two of Yellow Jackets, which I have really loved, um, but they've done that thing that loads of TV shows do is like comes to their second season and they decide they need loads more cast members. And all of the like original cast members that you love go off on their own separate journeys. And you're like, that's not what I wanted. I liked it when they were all interacting together. I love these people. I'm interested to see what they do. And that's a pitfall that Succession has never fallen into that trap. Yeah. It has like the occasional extra person, but ultimately it has kept the real core cast, hasn't it? Like over time. And it's never strayed from that, basically. And that is a real... Yeah, yeah. Walking Dead syndrome, as it should be known. They as, all yeah, do, it's yeah. Good. It's a classic, yeah. like, network TV problem, isn't it? Where they're, I mean, partly that was, like, an old thing of, like, when all the shows had, like, 22 episodes. They were like, oh, my God, we just need loads of stuff to fill it with. But they all, so many shows just fall into that trap. And I love that Succession is like, no, we have these people. We are kind of following them wherever they go. Um, And you're right, that balcony yeah, scene was just, really... Yeah, no, oh. unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. And I feel like it's probably like there. Yeah, I just look, I look forward to seeing. I feel like what they're going to basically do is give every sort of pocket of characters like their big finale episode. And I feel mm. like that was the the Tom and Shiv one. And now I look yeah. forward. What I'm really looking forward to is how Kendall ends because I think that's definitely mm. the thing which I'm looking forward to seeing the most. And I think that's going to be like the the big, 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 the big ending is going to be something to do with Kendall. I'm sure, but yeah, yeah I look forward to that. Seeing what happens with that. I've got my only concern is that I'm not going to see my beloved Stewie again this season. He really hasn't had a lot of time. No, he hasn't. Yeah. Just a few polar next sightings and that's it. Like he was very he was sort of pivotal in the kind of the wake episode, wasn't he? And then we didn't get much of him again. So that's pretty sad for me. I'm just going to have to wait and hope that he's in um, a doll's house on Broadway at the moment. And I'm just going to have to hope like they bring that show over here with him and also Carolina I'd like a bit more Carolina but I mean I know they as don't do, they won't do spin-offs the... but no they should do but as you mentioned yeah. when when they do bring the new characters in like Alexander Skarsgård is so fucking good in succession like he's so good at playing a complete <laughs> absolute wanker like, it, it's, it, he's been yeah. the sort of runaway success of the series I think hasn't he like he's just been such a dick but it's amazing that reveal of like the fact that it's kind of a total it. house on a house of cards was Absolutely exceptional because you could really like it didn't it wasn't like a twist, 
where you were sort of shocked by it it felt completely believable but you were like oh fucking hell this guy because it's like it doesn't they're all the same aren't they he's just like he of all the succession talk like he genuinely is the new logan where it's just like pure predator basically and just kind of making yeah and i love the way that they sort of they spent the whole a season making him as if he's so competent and brilliant mm-hmm. and new money versus old money, but he's not. And I think that's the overall point of the show is they're all the same. They're all exactly yeah. the same as, and um, you know, that's, that's his main message of the profession, I think. Yeah. It's all bad capitalist shit. And hopefully one day it will all come tumbling down. Um, unlike our beloved football club, which surely can only go from strength to strength. <laughs> Thanks so much for chatting with me, Bill. This has just been a joy as ever. Will you see us out? Remember, they've not bottled it and up the spurs.